What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this league, College Fantasy Football Podcast with host Scott Bogman, the Gridiron Scholar, John Long, Eric Froten from NBC Sports Urge, and Nick Allen, owner of CFB Winning Edge. College Starting no. Welcome back, everybody. It's the In This League College Fantasy Football Podcast, and I guess I'm here. I've been dreading this uh, for a couple days. Uh, I did actually go to Austin. I drove to Austin from my new home in uh, Montgomery, Texas. Uh, visited with some friends and went to the Texas game and they lost in overtime to Kansas at home for the first time ever lost to Kansas in Austin and a uh, very strange game to go to, but uh, I'll, I'll get off of it in a minute, but Nick uh, at CFP winning edge, uh, Nicholas Dean Allen, the owner and proprietor of CFP winning edge joining me today to talk some college football with you guys. Talk about waivers and stuff. I know we're getting down to the end here. It's playoff times for everybody now. So, uh, Nick, how was your weekend, man? Uh, better than yours, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you were telling me that some of the things outside the game itself were enjoyable, which is yeah, which yeah. is definitely good to hear. And and uh, you know, as far as the uh, football on the field across the country, it was a pretty exciting week. I mean, there were, there were a lot of great games, exciting games. Uh, we were treated to some quality, uh, you know, exciting games in action. Uh, the Thursday night game, you know, went to overtime. Uh, there were some upsets. I mean, Oklahoma going down, uh, maybe, you know, you saw that before, yeah. uh, the, the Texas, we were all uh, celebrating that in uh, in downtown Austin for sure. So. I'm gonna say that might have softened the blow a, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, he's lost too. That's that true. Nice. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So it it could you know it could have uh, been worse, but uh, there were just a, a lot of really good games. NC State, NC State, Wake Forest, back and forth ended up being really really close. Uh, the Nevada San Diego State one that you know we talked about on. Uh, the CFB Winning Edge podcast last week. We we don't talk a whole lot of G five games, but that was a pretty impactful one. Uh, probably decided a, a division title. There's a lot of that, you know, going on uh, now. We're we're penciling in some division winners, and and a few will uh, be decided this weekend as well. So it it uh, you know I understand that it, it for some people uh, was a really really disappointing week, but for the casual fan or for 
uh, folks who just, you know, watch across the country and, and um, uh, you know, individual games. We were really treated to, to a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, from the outside, the games were fun, you know. And look, the, the atmosphere uh, and, you know, actually going to Daryl K. Royal and everything was, it was fun. But I was telling you, after the game, well, first of all, Bijan Robinson got hurt in the game. And I'm sitting in the stands texting his uncle while he's down on the field. And that was on my side, too. I was sitting in the end zone. That happened right over by my side. And they took him straight to the locker room. Like, he didn't go to the bench or anything, didn't get evaluated. So I knew it was kind of nasty. So, um, you know, dislocated his elbow. So he's done for the year. Uh, so, you know, the couple weeks we have left for CFF uh, are just cooked for him. And I definitely have him in my CFB winning edge league where I am in first place and, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, that they're not in first place. I'm in the playoffs is what I meant, but yeah, it's, uh, that was difficult, uh, to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, just losing to Kansas, you should have heard the people in the crowd. Like they want Sark gone, you know, it's uh, fire everyone. It's all of it. So, uh, you know, no patience. And look, you, you're a 31 point favorite. I I know you didn't have it. Like, what was it for you? Like 19 or something? It wasn't 31. I know that. Uh, the main uh, set of projections, the one that I, I pay the closest amount of attention to had it. Because uh, going in, I was talking to my friends that live in Austin going in. I'm like 27 and a half. 27 and a half. My, my, my buddy was like, what's the line here? And I said, 31, they won't beat that. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was very confident that they wouldn't beat that. I had, I, I did not think they were going to lose. And look, I'm not going to sit here and do revisionist history or anything, but I mean, Oklahoma, you know, got caught a little bit by Kansas too. So I think Kansas is probably just better than a lot of people are making them out to me, but there's no way they should be coming into Austin and beating Texas. So right. Um, you know, it is just a ridiculous game and lots of scoring. So that was, I guess, fun to see, but also the game took forever. And then I had to go, I had to, I was driving back home cause I had to get home to, uh, you know, watch my Steelers game and, and, you know, take all my normal notes that I do for my NFL stuff on Sunday. So I left Austin at like midnight and got home at about two 3 AM, something like that. And uh, it's not a fun drive in the pitch black at night on Texas highways where it's, you know, you can barely see in front of you and it's, uh, you know, the speed limit 75. So everyone wants to go fast. So uh, just just a strange overall day. And I've, I've said I will not be making that uh, drive again back from Austin. Uh, should I go back there? I'll just stay on Sunday, too. But uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, my Texas stuff, uh, you know, miserable game, fun atmosphere. Uh, but no one was happy, you know, and I dropped some money in the student store, too. So hopefully they'll use my money to get everything fixed. I know <laughs> Sark put it right back on the players today. Right. He said, uh, you know, I could see us having 33 new uh, scholarship players next year, which is just. I don't know. It, it ain't going to get fixed in a day. I know that. So uh, we had other bad news as far as the injury goes outside of just Bijan. Uh, Bo Nix out for the season with an elbow injury. We had Caleb Williams uh, leave with a hand injury, which definitely impacted his play. He did come back in. Rattler got like a series or two, but Caleb Williams came back in. Um, Tavian Thomas for Utah missed the game. Just kind of a surprising. I still don't know 
what was wrong with him. Zonovan Knight with a lower body injury. Jerome Ford left with a lower body injury. And then Justin Ross for Clemson left with a leg injury. Javante Payton left. Ja'Cory Robertson left. Uh, Kanata Mumfield had a shoulder injury in the matching. And Kate Otten left with a lower body injury as well. Um, it, obviously, a couple of these will impact in, uh, offenses as a whole. But, uh, I mean, Bo Nix going out kind of means you don't really want to start. You don't really want to start Auburn players anyway, but maybe you're in an SEC only, something like that. Uh, that's going to impact the entire offense because they're going to go to TJ Finley, I guess. Yeah, it it's definitely sounds like it. And it sounds like Bo Nix uh, broke, you know, had a, a fracture in uh, one of his leg bones in the third quarter, continued to play until he suffered a, a broken ankle. Uh, toward the very, very, very end of the game. Um, so, I mean, pretty incredible toughness if, if that's true to play, uh, what, a quarter or more on a broken leg. But, uh, you know, I definitely hate to see any of these guys go down for a significant amount of time. Um, on the whole, I feel like it actually – uh, even though there were some some big ones, and of course, B. John Robinson out for the year is a big one. Um, Nick's is going to have a, a you know quite an impact as a starting quarterback going down to a season-ending injury. But as far as just pure volume of injuries, I feel like this was actually one of the shortest lists for a, a Saturday that I can remember this season. So in yeah, you know, your some... list because because you keep them at CFP Winning Edge, you have an injury list up there, and yeah. I looked at it and I was like is this from what came out on Sunday or something? When I was looking at it, I was like, man, this list is kind of short. So yeah. Uh, and I've, I've tailored it a little bit. Like at the beginning of the season, I wanted to catch every single thing I saw. Uh, and I started, I've, I've started to pare it down a little bit to like the, the most impactful. Um, and with CFF in mind, you know, it's yeah. it definitely, uh, steers more toward uh position oh, players on players, offense yeah. and, and things like that but overall it, it was it, it just you know there weren't as many it seemed uh injuries to you know star players surefire starters that kind of thing i mean there were there were plenty of you know offensive lines are getting shuffled a lot there were uh defensive players uh in and out of the lineup and and some things uh, going on there, but I feel like most weeks you and I uh, talking are just like, man, God, there's just so many injuries yeah. this week. And this week, definitely some important ones, but at least there weren't a ton of, uh, you know, just game after game after game, guys getting carted off or, you know, helped off or, or you know, not knowing if uh, an injury was significant or not. I mean, like Jacoby Roberson, he, he, had a catch, I think. And then uh, I noticed during the game, I saw a tweet, one of the beat writers said, he's not on the sideline. So, you know, we have to wonder a little bit there. We might get a little more information earlier in the week. Uh, but that was, you know, we were seeing a dozen or more of, of those in previous weeks where this week it's a little more, uh, you know, uh, a, a smaller number and, and a little less guesswork, it seems. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, uh, I mean, you know, uh, there's not a lot of people alive left anymore. Anyway, we got two weeks left. So, um, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're not dealing with all of these crazy injuries uh, like I have been. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, 
I made the playoffs, which means I doubled up my money for this year. So that's nice. Uh, uh, I, I can't imagine I hire, I, I finish higher than fourth, though. I'm pretty sure I'll lose these last two games because Bijan was the big. I mean, I have Rashawn Johnson. So uh, who is the backup to Bijan? So uh, if you are looking for someone, uh, I don't know if we'll talk about him here, but he's definitely a, a, a name to keep in mind. But let's go to the performers of the week here, Nick. And we start out quarterback as always, and uh, Emory Jones had seven touchdowns, and he had to because Florida was losing to Samford for a big, big chunk of this game, and people were losing it. I mean, the halftime shows and everything, uh, not so kind to the Gators, but they did come back and win. Um, they were even getting crap about celebrating the win and stuff, and I did like them all and was like, look, we're just, when we win, we're going to celebrate, all right? It's a win. So, uh, but yeah, the defense looks real bad for Florida. So he came through with seven touchdowns. Will Rogers for Mississippi state, uh, six touchdowns for him, 415 yards passing Bailey Zappi, another five touchdown passes. CJ Stroud also had five, uh, Desmond Ritter, 304, two touchdowns, 65 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Sam Hartman had four total touchdowns. Malik Cunningham had five, uh, Bryce young, Still the top contender for the Heisman, according to the betting odds. He had five touchdowns. Uh, Tanner Mordecai had three and 377 yards. Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and Kenny Pickett all on this list as well. So um, these guys coming through for you. And, I mean, Emory Jones, you know, he's 59% roster. I can't imagine too many people were starting him, but maybe because of the matchup they were. But he really did come through. Absolutely. And... Talking, uh, you know, Dan Mullen had his media availability today and said, you know, that Emory Jones is the starter. That's part of the reason that uh, percentage number has fallen as low as it has, as he's had to deal with a, a quarterback um, competition with Anthony Richardson, who it sounds like is fully healthy now, but uh, it's Jones's job for the foreseeable future. And, you know, we won't get to play Samford next week, but Missouri is really, really struggling defensively has all year. So uh, could be another opportunity for him to, to put up uh, some pretty big points next week. We shall see uh, pretty much everybody on the list, except maybe Brock Purdy, um, uh, pretty familiar and, and often uh, just sort of doing what they do. Will Rogers in the last month or so has been incredible, just putting up absolutely huge, huge numbers. Um, but uh, everybody else was, you know, drafted pretty high probably. Uh, so it's great to see those guys come in and, and perform. And, you know, I've said it before, some of these guys like uh, Emory Jones, maybe Purdy or, you know, somebody like that, maybe in a best ball uh coming through for you when you need it down the stretch, somebody that uh, maybe hadn't produced very much for you all year, but um, it's nice to get a little bit of a return on some of those guys. If, if maybe you missed out on, uh, you know, starting Emory Jones last week, for example, maybe you get some value in a situation like that. Uh, the guys that didn't perform so well here uh, and, you know, uh, DJ has been on this list. I mean, I might as well just take him off, but uh, 241 yards and touchdown, just under 15 points. KJ Jefferson under 15 points as well. Um, uh, Caleb Williams, who got hurt, and the, they obviously, Oklahoma lost to Baylor, had a rushing touchdown, but only uh, 10 completions for 146 yards. Matt Corral, uh, 247 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Chevin Cordero, 
uh, 183 yards and touchdown as well. So, I mean, the other the Cordero, Jefferson, and DJ, we're not, you don't have to worry about them. I mean, they're hovering around the 50 to, you know, 65 uh, or 50, 55 to 57%. Are you worried about Caleb Williams with the hand or Matt Corral with the myriad of injuries? So the Williams injury is a little bit of a concern because uh, one, it was, it was pretty ugly looking and, you know, saw replays during the game when a guy gets, gets his hand just stepped on and the full weight of, uh, you know, the player coming down on it. One it's, it's a quarterback and a hand is, is a, a pretty uh, difficult situation to navigate you know can he grip the ball can he throw can he uh hold on to it all that good stuff and it's one of those injuries where and and, you know a lot of different injuries kind of fall into this category but there's some things you can play through during the game whether it's an uh, adrenaline or, or just um able to kind of work through it during the game but afterwards Maybe there's you know, swelling or other things uh, impacted later to where it can be much worse the following week. So I'm I'm not really worried about Williams losing the job to Rattler. You know, Rattler came in, didn't you know, didn't didn't play too much longer. Um, but the hand injury can be something that that's a little bit of a concern. On top of that, he just wasn't all that effective and going against Iowa state next week. Uh, they've certainly, you know, had some disappointing, uh, performances, but that Iowa state team typically, uh, plays pretty well against Oklahoma. So, uh, that's not really a matchup that I love. I, I, if I've, you know, if I've got Caleb Williams and I'm looking ahead and I need a win and a playoff game this week, I'm hoping I have a little bit better option. Uh, you know, KJ Jefferson, I'm not really worried about how the numbers fell going up against Alabama this week. Not a great matchup. So, you know, you, you take into the account uh, that he, he didn't play particularly well last week and looking ahead, not a great situation. So maybe I'm, I'm looking for a better one there. But I think Matt Corral, you know, he's he's as good as it gets for the most part going up against Vanderbilt. That's a matchup is as good as you could hope for. It just didn't work out this past week. Uh, hopefully it didn't bite you, but you know, looking ahead, um, you're not going to have a better spot for uh, a player like Corral. So the, the other two guys, yeah, um, there are some concerns. You might just have to go with it if they're your best option and, and hope for the best. But um, you know, somebody like Corral, uh, you can't worry about it. Now, uh, the guys that performed well that are uh, less than 50% rostered, I mean, Casey Thompson had seven touchdowns to try to come back on Kansas and uh, six through the air, one on the ground. Um, he, he was good, but they're at West Virginia this week. Phil Dracovic, um, uh was uh, one of the players of the week. He had 310 yards on 13 completions with four touchdowns. He had two rushing and 71 rushing yards. Daquan Finn for Toledo. 270 and three touchdowns through the air and two rushing touchdowns. Devin Leary for NC State, 408 and four. Chris Reynolds for Charlotte, 448 and two with a rushing touchdown. Aiden O'Connell had a great day. Gary Bohannon, Jordan Travis, Brett Gabbert from Miami, Ohio. Jalen Daniels from Kansas, obviously, had a huge day. Four touchdowns for him. Donovan Smith, Tyler Van Dyke, Levi Lewis, Cam Rising, Peyton Thorne, Anthony Brown. Is there anyone you're running to the wire to, to pick up here? 
Uh, I mean, Phil Dracovic looks pretty good. I was worried about it last week. Again, a, you know, a hand, a wrist type injury. He looked awful um, in, you know, his, his first game back, but was able to, to put it together pretty well. Uh, there are some maybe little bits of concern that maybe last week's performance wasn't uh, quite repeatable. I mean, you know, 300 yards on 13 completions, uh, probably not going to get that again. And also three rushing touchdowns, probably not going to get that again, but at least um, we're seeing a Dracovic that we thought we might at the beginning of the year. Uh, Aiden O'Connell's, you know, somebody we've talked about a few weeks off and on in a row. Same with Devin Leary. I mean, they, they've just been really consistent and putting up uh, big numbers and O'Connell, you know, did it against Ohio State, which is got some struggles uh, in the secondary. But, you know, Northwestern has been really, really bad on defense. So that's a great matchup. Uh, Devin Leary has been really, really consistent uh, so far. And and you look at Syracuse and, and what Malik Cunningham and Louisville were able to do to them last week probably feel pretty good about that. So I think those two guys are, are definitely uh, those three guys are definitely somebody that I would be interested in. And, and, you know, pretty much every week I, I, I could point to guys in the Mac Daquan Finn, uh, certainly impressive. Ohio is not very good. They're a little bit better uh, now than they looked at, at the beginning of the year, but still that's a, a pretty decent matchup. Same for Brett Gabbert, who's somebody we've talked about, I think, three weeks in a row, maybe he's, he's really uh, come on fully healthy now and going up against Bowling Green is a great, great matchup. So uh, if you can't get O'Connell or, you know, maybe Leary, somebody like that, Dracovic, then uh, I certainly would, would turn to the Mac and see if you could pick up one of those two guys. Uh, going over to running backs here, uh, big performers of the week. And we start with Lou Nichols. Uh, I mean, that match is just paying off right now. 215 yards, four touchdowns for him. Also had four catches for 33 yards. Charles Williams for UNLV, 38 rushes for 266 yards and three touchdowns for him. Rashad White, 32 for 184 and two for ASU. Tyler Batty, 209 and a score. Uh, Kenneth Walker, 143 and two scores. Uh, Jalen Warren, 113 and three scores. Brian Robinson, only touched the ball 14 times, but had uh, two touchdowns and over 100 total yards. Kobach, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Dye with another huge week. Uh, Brees Hall, Brad Roberts, Zach Charbonnet, and Hassan Haskins all having some pretty big weeks here, Nick. Yeah, I mean, Lou Nichols was uh, super impressive, and he's just – I mean, 43 carries is just uh, unheard of. I mean, a lot of the guys on this list were getting late in the season. The depth chart's thinning out and – Got to have you know must win games, all of that, and so we're we're going to see uh, guys get a really really heavy workload. Tyler Beatty's done it all year. Uh, Charles Williams is pretty much the only thing going at, at UNLV, uh, and for him to to put up numbers like that, they've won two games in a row now. Uh, really, you know, love to see that. Kenneth Walker continues to hang around the Heisman conversation, putting up Heisman type numbers. If, you know, Michigan State can uh, maybe get to 10 wins and nobody else really uh, takes control of the Heisman race, he, I think, is uh, at least going to get himself to New York. So, you know, love to see that. Rashad White, I know, um, has been banged up a lot, but um, is really, really impressive, is getting 
NFL draft uh, draft buzz for good reason. Um, and then guys like you know Jameer Gibbs, we've talked about before. He's uh, been a little hit or miss this year, but he certainly doesn't get a whole lot of help at Georgia Tech. Uh, but here in, in late in the year, um, it's great to see one as many touches as he's getting because that's been a little bit inconsistent at times. But uh, for him to perform the way he has the last you know two three weeks or so uh, is really great to see. He's one of my personal favorite players going up against Notre Dame. Not a, a great matchup next week, but he's an elite player and you know somebody that that I absolutely love watching. So it's great to see him uh, back on this list for you know two of the last three weeks or, or something like that. He's he's been uh, fun to watch recently. Uh, the bad over 50% players here, and there's a decent amount that were under 10 points here. Ladarius Jefferson uh, had 99 yards rushing, but nothing else. Rasheen Ali didn't get in the end zone finally, uh, and he's on this list. Same thing for Ty Chandler, Isaiah Spiller, Max Borgie, Tyler Goodson, um, uh, DeAndre Torrey. I think he got banged up. Austin Jones, not great. Uh, Xavier Valade, Calvin Turner, Kevin Marks, Mateo Durant. None of these guys got in the end zone. I think that's the biggest issue with all of them. Um, and But, I mean, it looks like most of these guys have some decent matchups this week. Um, is there anyone Is there anyone that, that you're truly worried about for this week? So there, there are a couple of situations, I think, just to be aware of. Ladarius Jefferson split in time with Sean Tyler right now. Uh, I think that's definitely part of it. He's fifty-one percent. I probably shouldn't even put him on here, but yeah, I got you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, and and Tori uh, got hurt last week, but um, I thought it was going to be more serious. I was really actually surprised that he played. So in some ways, uh, you know, eighteen carries, I, I take a little bit of a, a good sign with. But they, I think, were being a little more careful, maybe spreading the ball around a little bit more than you might have expected. Perhaps he wasn't one hundred percent. Xavier Valadez kind of lost his grip on that job yeah. a little bit. He's he's somebody that I was uh, uh, I came up what three points shy of of uh, getting your first win in the, in the well. I oh so I won. Did yeah, you, you did that? win in CFP. I, I won. Oh yeah, yeah save yeah. save the best for last in in that one. But no, in the in the uh, fifty teamer that uh, Thor Nystrom and, and Eric put together. Um, uh, validate somebody who's who's you know i've needed uh but he's just kind of losing carries to titus swin recently and and didn't didn't come through for me last week i finished uh three points shy uh in the uh final eight i think it was of, of the 50 team uh but yeah so he's somebody i've, I've paid attention to and it's, it's kind of weird to see because he's been so good throughout his career but he's losing carries, and Titus Wynn is is uh, kind of eating into his production. So um, he, I think, I'm I'm more worried about. Even though Utah State, not you know, not a bad matchup as you mentioned, um, but I just I'm not loving the the amount of touches that Valaday is getting right now. Yeah. Jefferson still had almost 20 carries, but um, there are so many other options in that Western Michigan offense that it's it's a little bit of a worry and then you know tyler goodson just that iowa offense not not very good i mean he's getting yeah, touches uh but that offensive line is, is not really opening up a lot of room for him you know austin jones same at stanford 
and he's lost a little bit of, uh, you know, he, he's not getting quite as many touches as we expected at the beginning of the season. And then last thing, even though he's been great, and I, I don't think we can uh, be too worried about Rashin Ali's performance last week, but we're going to probably have to have a little bit of a conversation looking ahead to next year when we're, we're uh, looking at, uh, you know, draft time and mocks and, and things like that. How much of his performance as far as those touchdowns are repeatable in, in uh, future years and next year, uh, because on paper, he looks like, you know, maybe a, a really early round pick, but a lot of that is, is touchdowns that may or may not be, um, you know, that we may or may not be able to count on in, in future years. We'll have to see. But, sustainable. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, conversation for another day, I'm sure. But other than those, those usage issues, you know, guys like, Chandler, Spiller, Borgie, I'm not really worried about. Calvin Turner, even though he's a receiver, not too worried about that. Uh, Marks, I, I probably should have mentioned, he's he has been hurt, and he's also uh, splitting time. So I, I am a little worried about him as well. All right, let's go to the guys that did perform. And look, I heard this guy's name over the uh, intercom all day in Austin. Devin Neal, 24 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns, also caught one, uh, two for 26. He was outstanding for Kansas. Also, Texas can't tackle, so I'm sure that's a big part of it. But he was great. He was really, really good. Uh, Braylon Allen for Wisconsin has just taken that job and is running people over 25 for 173 and three touchdowns for him. You mentioned Sean Tyler for Western Michigan already, 16 for 147 and a touchdown, also caught one. Uh, Marcus Williams for Louisiana Tech, 29 for 131 and four, kind of becoming what we thought he was going to be at La Tech late in the year, but he has been outstanding recently. Um, James Cook for Georgia, 10 for 104, two touchdowns, also caught one. Uh, Damian Pierce for Florida, two touchdowns, or three touchdowns, two on the ground, and one through the air on only 10 touches, but, I mean, Florida had to play uh, comeback and catch up there. Uh, Raheem Blackshear had 12 for 117, a touchdown, also caught one. Dominic Richardson for Oklahoma State uh, got in on some garbage time, 12 for 176 and two. Pledger from Utah, Trey Siggers from SMU, Alden McCaskill from Houston, uh, Keyshawn King from Tech, Mark Anthony Richards from UCF, Justin Ellison, uh, Tucker Gregg in Georgia State's big upset over Coastal was huge. Uh, Shamari Jones, Blake Watson, Saquandre White, Samson Evans, uh, uh, Kai Robichaux for Western Kentucky got in the end zone uh, three times, uh, two times. I mean, uh, Malik Davis and Johnny Ford all with uh, some big weeks here, Nick. So uh, who are you uh, running to the wire to add here? Well, I mean, Devin Neal is, was really impressive last week and, and has been getting stronger week after week. And TCU's pretty good matchup. They've been much worse defensively than – uh, we're used to, and and against the run, they've really, really struggled. Braylon Allen and Sean Tyler are a big reason why my fee, my team finally won uh, in in the CFB Winning Edge League. Uh, but Braylon Allen's so fun to watch. I mean, guys just cannot tackle him. And I know that Northwestern is has been pretty bad defensively, but they're usually pretty you know, technically fundamentally sound. they're usually sure. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And they just, they're the opposite of Texas they so. could, <laughs> and they could not bring him down. And very few people have, I mean, and one tackler is not going to bring him yeah. down. Uh, so he's, he's going to be just an absolute beast. Um, really excited about, 
watching him now and and his future, I think he's got a chance to be just an absolute star uh, for Wisconsin. But Sean Tyler was really impressive. Um, you know, Jefferson is going to be out of eligibility this year, so you would expect, even though they've uh, rotated guys the last couple of years at Western Michigan, he's going to have an opportunity to be a really, really big time performer in future years. Excited about him, uh, Marcus Williams. You're right. I mean, we we were hoping for these types of numbers uh, throughout the year. It's it's you know better late than never. Um, but, uh, you know, he's somebody that's just not really been consistent, but you think Southern Miss this, this, uh, Friday night should be a pretty good matchup for him. Uh, A couple of guys that I I might shy away from a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that Thomas was out for Utah, um, and then Utah is playing Oregon this week. So even though Pledger got 25 carries, I would expect Thomas is going to be back and, and wouldn't. Wouldn't think we can uh, expect this type of production from Pledger uh, next week. Keyshawn King got a lot more work this past weekend than really he has all year. Uh, but he was, even in the game, sharing time with Raheem Blackshear. But Malachi Thomas, the true freshman there who'd really come on in recent weeks, got injured really early and not sure uh entirely the extent but i would expect that Keyshawn king um one i mean he averaged you know 10 yards uh per carry and 47 yards on one catch that that's not necessarily sustainable but i wouldn't expect his workload to increase from here on uh but on the other hand justice ellison for wake forest probably will see uh, this type of workload and an opportunity i would expect for you know more yards and more production in future weeks. Clemson this next week uh, is not, you know, the best matchup. But if you're looking ahead to, uh, you know, your championship game in a a couple of weeks, you might have an opportunity there for Justice Ellison. But um, the Old Dominion, Blake Watson, really, really good last week. They have, they've won three games in a row, I think. Yeah. Uh, They have, they have completely turned it around mid season. So he's somebody that uh, is really, you know, clicking right now in Middle Tennessee. Pretty good matchup. They Middle Tennessee is is uh, kind of on a little bit of a hot streak as well. But uh, that's a that's a pretty good matchup if you're looking for an under the radar uh, type guy. I mean, twenty percent might be a little more difficult to get him than than uh, uh, you know a couple of others on this list. But um, certainly somebody to to pay attention to here down the stretch and, and in future years as well. So, you know, some of us that were uh, rebuilding and our seasons are over. Uh, but if, you know, you're looking for guys to uh, write down, do a little more research on, uh, get your, your uh, draft boards organized a little bit uh, well in advance, there are definitely some names on this list that you can pay attention to file away for, uh, you know, for next year. And, uh you know, pick up some some perhaps under the radar guys before they become stars in in twenty twenty two. Let's go over to wide receivers, and uh, there were there were some real dud wide receiver games. But let's start with the studs here. Uh, Garrett Wilson went crazy, ten for one twenty six and three touchdowns. Also ran for a fifty one yard touchdown. Uh, my buddy that I went to go see uh, the Texas game with, he lives in Austin. His wife went to Texas. He is a huge uh, Ohio State fan. Uh, his whole family's from Columbus. He went to ASU, but I uh, like Sun Devils too. But 
uh, big Ohio State fans. So we were watching this game at, uh, you know, uh, Pluckers in downtown Austin right before the game started here. And uh, Garrett Wilson's like every time we looked up at the television, he was scoring a touchdown. It was crazy. Uh, obviously, I was in person for Xavier Worthy's huge game here. 14 for 152 and three touchdowns in the attempted comeback on Kansas. Uh, Jamison Williams, six for 158 and three. Romeo Dubs had two touchdowns. Jaden Reed had two scores. Jacob Cowling uh, had 174 yards and a touchdown. Malik Polk got in the end zone twice. Justin Hall, Travel Harris, Eric Azucanma, Corey Ruckers, and Zay Flowers all with some big days, Nick. For sure. And, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> you mentioned it, was, was uh, one, it missed the previous week. So we were a little unsure this time last week uh, what his situation would be. Would he be back? All week, it, it sounded, you know, it was pointing toward him being able to play, but perhaps, you know, you, you took a cautious approach uh, and, and missed out. I hope not, because it was absolutely a huge game. Uh, love to see four touchdowns. I, I wish that 51-yard run had been, uh, you know, a little pop pass because I did have C.J. Stroud in the 50 team. Uh, oh. Could have used those 51 yards in, the, in that other touchdown, but, you know, that's that's quite all right. Uh, Xavier Worthy, future star. I mean, he are, already is, right? Just a, yeah. an incredible day. He's had uh, some really, really good weeks so far. Jamison Williams has been really impressive to watch what he has done and just another sign of how incredible that Ohio State uh, receiver group is. The fact that he couldn't really get enough targets at Ohio State goes to Alabama and just blossoms into an absolute stud and huge speed, but he's just been uh, incredibly productive. I think much more than, than any of us would have expected. Um, Romeo dubs with Cole Turner out and uh, you know, going up against a, a tough San Diego state defense um, really impressive performance for him. He's carried a lot of uh, the workload for that Nevada offense for Carson strong this year, Jacob Cowing doing the same thing at UTEP. Uh, he's a guy that, looks like has an NFL future, one of those G5 uh, receivers that I do think is good enough to get drafted. And, and he certainly put up the numbers to get, you know, scouts and, and talent evaluators attention uh, looking ahead to, to the spring. Other guys, pretty familiar names. Some of these, Justin Hall has just had a historic career. Uh, hopefully he'll get an opportunity to, to play at the next level. Eric Azucanma has been a uh, super productive i thought it was pretty interesting um the new head coaching hire at, at texas tech one of the things that he mentioned uh you know everybody talks recruiting when they get hired but he specifically mentioned recruiting the players that are on the roster and said right. specifically we've got one of the best receivers in the country thank god uh, <laughs> thank god i mean i'm telling you dude i watched the spring game for texas tech uh his freshman year and i was like who is the monster? That's that was my uh, when I was watching him. I'm like, who is the giant monster on this team that is beating everyone into the ground? It was as a camera, and um, that's what I was getting so frustrated. Like, I think uh, the week or two before Wells got fired, as a camera scored a 51 yard touchdown right on a reverse play, didn't even throw it, and he didn't he didn't catch another ball. And get the ball to him one more time. Run another reverse with them. Throw him a screen pass. Do something. Like it, when the guy is smoking everybody, you cannot not get him the ball 13, 14 times. That's what you do in college football when you have a mismatch. So uh, I'm glad that he said that and specifically about Ezra Kim. I like it. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe as a candidate, I might have an opportunity to, to uh, head to the NFL by, by uh, Joe McGuire saying, you know, yeah, if, you know, we, we want to recruit the players on our roster as well, right. Make sure they can come back and, and, and mentioned him or, or, you know, had a nod to him specifically might say, Hey, yeah, maybe you didn't get the ball enough in, in previous years, but come back uh for another round and and we will uh get the ball to you maybe build this offense around uh guys like you so thought that was a pretty interesting note but he's been he's been a big time performer this year and pretty impressive especially since he was uh hurt coming into the year and, and kind of scared a lot of folks uh who were drafting in in august maybe away from him but uh he's been super productive and and hopefully we'll get another opportunity to see him next year as well yeah, I hope so. Now, there's a huge list of guys that were bad this week, Nick. So I'm just going to burn through them real quick. I won't really go through the stats. I can tell you that none of these guys scored, not a single one of them. Uh, Ty Freifogel for Indiana on this list. He's 51% roster. Another guy maybe shouldn't even be on here. Mechie, 6 for 48. Jalen Cropper, Zakari Franklin, Khalil Pimpleton, Braylon Sanders, Hiley, Robinson, Ross, Wright. Moore, Burks, Calvin Austin, Dontavian Wicks, Marvin Mims, Nathaniel Dell, Danny Gray, Tyrese Chambers, Quentin Johnston, and Ja'Cory Roberson. A couple of these guys have been on this list here and there. You know, uh, Johnston has been on this list a couple weeks. Uh, you know, um, I think Freifogel showed up a couple times uh, because of the quarterback play. Dante Wright has been on this list. Uh, Justin Ross got hurt. Highly because, you know, the starting quarterback is out for Coastal Carolina the last two weeks. I mean, at least he had three for 54 this week. He had nothing last week. So who who are you looking at and you're going, look, there's no way I can start X, Y, or Z this week with, you know, uh, a playoff or championship on the line here. I mean, uh, some of these guys have bad matchups. I mean, Traylon Burks says Alabama, so you don't want to probably start him. Uh, who else are you just absolutely not putting in your lineup for this week? Uh, I mean, it, it's probably it's probably easier to to try to make a case for for some of these. Guys. Okay, who? Okay, who are you sticking your neck out for? <laughs> uh, we'll do it that way. Well, so I, I I probably would disagree with you. I think Burks is just such an elite talent that even against Alabama, even coming off okay. a bad game, uh, I think you just have to go with him uh i think what, Mechie, what, what what was jefferson was, didn't get hurt right he was just bad this last week jefferson KJ oh jefferson. kj jefferson yeah, yeah yeah just wasn't yeah just just okay. not a great not a great game all right um but you know i mean and and absolutely could be wrong and and he could uh get shut down or, or they could take him away and make the offense uh try to beat them you no know, say Traylon burke's not going to beat us some teams I'm sure have tried that against Arkansas this year. Uh, but I think he's just uh, too good, uh, you know, to, to, to put on your bench or at least to put on my bench. Um, I think that John Mechie, you know, when you beat a team by 50 plus points, sometimes guys get uh, a long catch and run. Jameson Williams scored three times. That's going to eat into Mechie. Uh, so I think he's somebody who could bounce back. Certainly. Um, I, I'm not too worried about him. Khalil Pimpleton, I think we've seen enough from him to know that any, uh, you know, matchup against MAC teams, he's going to have an opportunity to put up good numbers. Just didn't happen last week. But I think at Ball State, even though they're one of the better 
more talented defenses in the MAC. I think you're still, uh, you know, going to have a pretty good opportunity there. I think Braylon Sanders won. It was good to see him back on the field. Yeah. Um, and going up against Vanderbilt this next week, I think you you hope he's getting healthier and healthier, and he'll have an opportunity uh, to to you know bounce back and perform. And I think Nathaniel Dell and, and uh, Danny Gray, both of those guys, we've seen enough that you know they are capable and they are a big part of um, some big time offenses. I know Gray going up against Cincinnati and that secondary is, is not a good matchup. Um, but Dell Houston, you know, going up against Memphis, this is not the Memphis team we were used to seeing in the last few years. And, and Dell has been the clear number one target uh, for Clayton tune at Houston all season. So I think you can, can, you know, say last week just wasn't, wasn't a great uh, week. Sometimes it happens. He'll bounce back. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to say Quentin Johnston. Um, but you you mentioned he's been, he's been here a few times. I know he's been a little, uh, I've got him. I, I, I've got, so I've got some of these uh, bad performers on my team. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, definitely one of them. I have Mechie as well. Uh, and I have highly. So like, uh, if I wasn't playing, you know, the guy that didn't win a single game this year in CMP winning <laughs> edge, I might have got bounced out of the playoffs this week because it wasn't one of my higher scoring weeks for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, highly I am I am concerned. Texas State's a pretty good matchup, but I think Coastal Carolina is just gonna run, 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 run. And you know, without Grayson McCall, uh it, it's it's not it, it doesn't stack up very well for highly right now and hopefully he'll break out and, and have a good game um but uh, yeah i just don't love it you know jalen robinson's been hurt it's good to see him back on the field but is he is he full strength you know dante wright's been uh less than 100 percent. so you know calvin austin i know has been banged up i mean there's there's questions with a lot of these guys um but i think that that handful especially of um you know i i think you yeah mechie I think you just have to, you know, he's, he's the Alabama one, a receiver. And even last week in a, in a uh, week where he underperformed, he had six catches. He just didn't break free and get in the end zone. So I think, you know, if you could, if, if I told you he's going to have six catches against Arkansas, you're probably feeling pretty good about the number he's going to put up that I um, would feel good about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think, I think some of these guys, you just have to roll with them. Um, but they're certainly and this time of year, I mean, everybody's a little bit banged up. So there's, there's yeah. a question uh, for, for even some of the guys who got you to this point, who got you into the playoffs, but um, unless there's, you know, an injury concern, uh, I think, a, a you know, number one receiver and a pretty uh, explosive offense, you kind of just have to to slot them in the lineup and, and hope for the best. Now the uh, guys that were great under fifty percent. I mean, you know, like every week, there's a ton here. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley for Western Kentucky's twenty two percent rostered, ten catches, one hundred ninety eight yards, two touchdowns for him. And Mecca Amazy ten for one thirty three and two for NC State. He's fifteen percent rostered. Keith Pearson for Charlotte. 0% rostered. He had six catches for 150 and two Cedric Tillman for Tennessee, 10 catches for 200 yards and a score. Kanata Mumfeld for Akron who did get hurt 11 for 122 and two. And I think they're playing early again this week. So 
Uh, going to be tough to pick him up. Miles Price for Texas Tech, 9 for 175 in a score. Uh, Devin Carter for NC State, 7 for 132 and 2. Um, Terveliance Hunt had 8 for 96 and 2. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 9 for 139 and a touchdown for Ohio State. Jackson Anthrop for Purdue, 7 for 66, two touchdowns while they were down to Ohio State. Uh, Marcus Washington for Texas, 5 for 102. Jalen Walker for Miami, Ohio. Uh, seven for 136 in touchdown. Javarius Johnson for Auburn had four for 102 and a rushing touchdown. Antoine Green for UNC. Quinn Williams for Buffalo. Michael Matheson for Akron. Kobe Hudson for Auburn. Joshua Cephas for UTSA. Isaiah Nayor for Wyoming had a big day. Is there anyone you're running to the wire to add here? So I think Tinsley is is somebody that is worth a look. Uh, he's been a pretty consistent number two you know, two and a half at uh, Western Kentucky and in that, you know, explosive offense with Bailey, Bailey Zappi uh, at quarterback. And this is a breakthrough performance for him. And a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm kind of looking ahead to the future as well. I know people who are, you know, need to win a playoff game this week might uh, be a little impatient with that, but looking ahead to next year, you know, Tinsley, if he comes back, assuming he will, there's a chance that, you know, there's a chance the offense could change, which gives you, you know, maybe maybe you don't get as excited about it. But there's also a chance, uh, you know, Zappy is is going to be gone, uh, and I think you know, Jared Stearns might be might have an NFL future, even though he's small, even though he wasn't, um, you know, a big time recruit transfer from an FCS school. If if they're able to keep their offense and they're able to uh, whether it's a quarterback on the roster or find uh, a transfer quarterback coming in, Mitchell Tinsley has got an opportunity to be the number one receiver in that offense next year. So certainly a name to, to file away similar with Kanata Mumfield. I, you know, he got hurt. I think he came back in the game uh, if memory serves. So something, okay. something to watch uh, for sure, but he's been super productive on one of the worst teams in the country and Akron's got uh you know a, a decent quarterback situation and Mumfield has been really really impressive as a true freshman that's one we know there's a coaching change coming what's that offense going to look like um hopefully it's going to be an offense that really um you know puts Mumfield in a position to to put up a lot of yards Cedric uh, Tillman oh sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead please uh other guys you know next week yes Cedric Tillman um, has moved into, you know, pretty much that number one uh, receiver role at Tennessee, and he's going to be a big time performer. That offense is going to be a big time performer as long as Josh Heupel's there. Uh, Travalence Hunt has been incredibly productive. That Georgia State defense, you know, they gave up 40 points last week in a game that they won. So you might have another uh, game where, you know, both teams combine for 80 plus points or so. Jackson Smith and Jigba, as good as Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson have been, he's the leading receiver at Ohio State, right? So, I mean, that's that's incredibly, incredibly pr impressive. And then, you know, looking ahead to next year, Wilson and, and Olave are probably going to be uh, in the NFL. So he's going to be a first-round pick most likely. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the other guys, a little bit of concern. I'm not really excited about Javaris Johnson, especially after uh, Bo Nix is going down. Antoine Green, a lot of what seventy-five of those hundred and eight yards came when his defender fell down, uh, and he just was wide open for a touchdown. And and uh, Isaiah Nair has been really, really impressive as a talented guy. 
but I just don't really trust Wyoming to get him enough uh, targets and, and for him to be able to put up this type of yards week in and week out. He's doing a ton as far as yards per catch. Uh, he just doesn't quite get the ball as much as would make me feel comfortable. I mean, there's every opportunity he could get three catches for 28 yards, uh, you know, two weeks in a row before the next time we see a, a hundred yards. So uh, we'd love to see him in a different offense. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a really good player. He's just not somebody I can necessarily trust when my season's on the line this week, probably. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, a tough week to make calls, you know, uh, with uh, the whole season on the line. Let's go to tight ends here. Uh, Charlie Kohler, had a big one, 27.6 points for him, two touchdowns on eight for 76. Isaiah Likely was good, seven for 101 and a score without his starting quarterback, Michael Mayer, seven for 84 and a touchdown. Uh, Brant Keithy, four for 56 and a score. And Sean Dykes, five for 32 and a score. Uh, Derek Teese was finally back to normal, two for 10 uh, on a bye week. So I'd say he's droppable. Uh, hey, look, the guy that I said to pick up at tight end uh, this week, uh, Chigazim Conquo for. Uh, Maryland had a huge one, eight for 112 and two scores for him. Kimor Gamble had six for 122 and two. Uh, Seth Green, Will Mallory, Grant Calcaterra, Joel Wilson, Josh Wiley, uh, Jack Beck, Eric All, Lucas Kroll, Garrett Prince, all uh, some big tight ends here. Who are you adding for uh, the playoff week here, Nick? Well, I think Okonkwo has been impressive for the last few weeks. Uh, yeah. You know, Michigan's a tough defense to go up against, but he's become a primary option for uh, Talia Tungabailoa and, and that Maryland offense. So I, I think he's going to get, you know, plenty of targets. Um, it's just whether or not they could connect and, and, you know, get him in the end zone. Gimble, similar. Uh, Missouri is a pretty good matchup, and Emory Jones is playing really well right now. So that Florida offense has has been uh, explosive. I mean, we've we've seen what they can do when they are uh, playing well, and and even though last week was pretty embarrassing, the offense certainly performed. And and Missouri's got a better defense than Samford, but uh, still one of the worst defenses in the SEC. So one of the better matchups that you could hope for a lot of these other guys we've, we've mentioned before uh, Calcaterra is uh, somebody who's, who's been really productive in the past. Josh Wiley has been really productive in the past. Uh, Jack Besh at LSU, good matchup with ULM and, and uh, has been uh, that wide receiver core at LSU has been so hurt, so banged up all year that he's had an opportunity to, uh, be a big part of that offense. Um, Lucas Kroll's been impressive. Garrett Prince, I think we mentioned every other week, uh, and, and he just continues to produce. Yeah. So absolutely some um, pretty impactful uh, potential players here uh, that, that are available, but I think a Conquo would be my number one option. All right. Well, that is going to wrap us up for this week. Let me ask you, Nick, how many uh, how many leagues did you do and how many playoffs are you in? <laughs> so I I did finally uh, find the uh, the best ball. Uh, <laughs> I, I finally, you know, utilize that as an option. So I'm in one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven best balls. Uh, I have the CFP Winning Edge League that we've been rebuilding, uh, and congratulations to our four semifinalists there. We're going to have a pretty good 
uh, set of, of playoffs. And I got a chance for revenge. I don't think I'm going to get it. The one guy that beat <laughs> me was the rusted musket. Uh, so yeah. he, he's the one that beat me. So I have a chance for revenge, but I, I think I'm pretty sure he's going to get me. So I had a bunch of injuries, but you know, never say never, of course. So, yeah, absolutely. And then I'm in uh, a couple of other dynasty leagues, one in our first year, one, I took over uh, a, a team in a, a league that's got a bunch of uh, industry folks in it. And, and, you know, I was in the playoffs there, got knocked out. I was in the playoffs in the 50 team uh, league and, and got knocked out. Still have an opportunity to win the consolation there, but I'm dealing with some injuries and, and some situations. So I'm not super, uh, super hopeful there, but maybe CJ Stroud will, will uh, uh, you know, be able to, to pull me through. And then I'm oddly enough, and, and perhaps it's just because I've uh, filled out my roster every week because I think that, <laughs> that uh, there's definitely some attrition that happens, but uh, the CFF site, uh, Joe uh, there runs the, uh, the four and one super league. And one of those four, the like full season where you can, you can pick one guy and use them one time all year. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm second in the standings with still, okay. uh, still a, a shot maybe in the last week or two to, to get through there. So, uh, it's, I've, I've learned a lot this year, not as many, uh, probably won't have a championship, uh, only a couple of playoff spots, but I, I feel pretty good. feel like I'm positioned pretty well for the future. It's been a, it's been a productive year, if not a uh, super profitable one, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's look, so, some years are building years, right? So especially, I mean, you hadn't played fantasy in a long time before I'm still pretty uh, new to it 20 2019 was my first real year and that cfp winning led edge league was the only one i really uh played in right. and then in, in 2020 i just kind of you know other than a, a couple of uh things like that that uh four and one league and yeah a couple of others um didn't didn't do very much in 2020 so this is this has definitely been the most i've done and, and paid attention to and i feel like uh have uh learned a lot and have enjoyed talking to you every week i've enjoyed uh, a lot of the interactions with other folks i've had as well and and feel like uh i i have a, a future where i will win win <laughs> a little bit more uh in in years to come we'll say let's get it yeah look, i played in uh i played in a couple best balls and, and honestly i don't think i'm doing well in any of them so uh, I, I haven't it, to the point where I haven't even looked at the standings in like a month because I was just <laughs> at the bottom. I, I know the ITL best ball that I, that I'm in. I, I, uh, was pretty <laughs> low in the, uh, in the standings last I looked. I think I've, I haven't looked in a couple of, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but I was ninth, 10th, 11th. I'm currently 11th <laughs> ahead <laughs> of only, only you. So yeah, yeah, see, you I, yeah, there we go. That, that's me. Uh, down, so you, uh, and, you and I are, uh, are, are doing quite well. If, if anybody's still out there listening to us, maybe. Yeah, maybe seriously. I uh, I think I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm the bottom half of the, uh, sports edge, uh, P five or G five. And then I'll just look at the P five real quick. Uh, that one, oh, I'm number I, two in the P five in that one. Actually. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, Oddly you are. enough with, with as many, my quarterback situation is not great. Uh, cause Duggan is, has not played in a couple of weeks. Jeff Sims apparently is not the starting quarterback, uh, anymore at Georgia tech. 
and I thought those two guys were going to be pretty decent for me all year. Uh, but yeah, strangely enough, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to the number two spot in that one. I, mean, I have no idea. I'm so bad in the uh, Bainbridge is winning the G5, uh, but I like the people that I'm ahead of all are way better than me. Like Thor, Kyle, Joe, Zach, all way better at this than me. And that's just the way best ball goes, you know, because you can't make a uh, roster adjustments. And, uh, you know, like the ITL best ball, I'm dead last and I finished first in the regular uh, league. I'm in first place. I'm in the playoffs. I'm playing against Justin. He's one of the two teams that beat me this year as well. So I got another uh, shot at redemption here. And then CK and Clint play uh, the other game there to advance towards the championship. And um, the, uh, it's interesting because CK and I, like in this league, I was one and I think he was, yeah, he was three. And then uh, I'm also two in your league and I think he finished fifth. So he just missed the playoffs. I think he might have lost this week and that was the reason why. But then you combined us and we're the worst in the Kings <laughs> Classic. Just terrible. So uh, none of could catch no breaks in that league. So those were the th three leagues I did. So in the playoffs and two of them. So happy about that. We'll see. I mean, this might be my last week of this year of playing college <laughs> fantasy. So fingers crossed that I get at least one, uh, you know, winner here and can play in a championship, but uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Please check out the Patreon. If you guys would patreon.com slash ITL army or in this league.com will redirect you there. Uh, check it out. we got group me rooms where we talk about college football all year long, uh, baseball, football rooms, uh, all kinds of stuff in there. So please check those out. We do live streams, secret shows, all kinds of good stuff. So please check it out if you would. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at Bogdan Sports for myself, at CFB Winning Edge for Nick. And we will see you guys later. Take it easy, everybody. Good luck. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.